everybody, when you hear that music, you know it's time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball, and this is March 22nd. Uh, I told you we'd be doing a podcast about once a week, and we are going to try to stick with that schedule. Maybe pick it up a little bit, as I am quarantined in my home in Overland Park. And uh, we're just kind of getting by day to day, hoping that the uh, uh, country can turn the tide on the coronavirus and uh, start making some progress with this stay in place. It's funny, every place that uh, we traveled in the last three weeks has shut down. We were in California, left California, self-quarantined myself really for two weeks after I got home. Then we went to Chicago and spent a week seeing grandkids. I was pretty much self-quarantined in Chicago, but uh, my wife was able to visit grandkids and so did I. And uh, we left there, and uh, an hour later, they <laughs> shut the city down there. Now, we get back to Overland Park, and we're kind of hanging out here in Overland Park. And what happens? They shut down Overland Park. The mayor of Kansas City came out and ordered all people, beginning tomorrow, to stay at home. And that includes the uh, contiguous suburbs of Kansas City, Missouri, which would be the one that we happen to live in, Johnson County, Kansas, where the coronavirus toll continues to climb, but luckily the number of deaths has not. So things seem to be hopefully uh, coming to the point where maybe we'll see some progress in uh, the effort that everyone is going to, and most people are going to, some people aren't, but uh, be that as it may, it's doubled in a number of cases in just one week. Now, they're starting to do testing. We won't get into the failure of the government to provide testing and whose responsibility it is to uh, test. You know, I don't even want to get into it. It's so ridiculous, so I'm not going to. We are going to have a guest if I can figure out technologically how to hook all of this up. I think we can. I've done a few practice runs to make sure that we'll be able to get Craig Kishan on here in segment number two. That is going to be exciting because it was a year ago, April 7th, that Craig and I did a short podcast from Miller Park as the Brewers got ready to host the Chicago Cubs in a game in 2019 at Miller Park. And uh, as I recall, uh, we stuck around for the game, even though Craig wasn't working that day. He does the pregame and postgame most of the time. He had the day off, and it seems to me we left by the fifth inning because the Brewers were clobbering the Cubs, and I was getting a little bit disentertained. Is that a word? Disentertained. Don't know. Anyway, this is season two. You can hear us on Apple iTunes. You can hear us on Spotify. Love that name, Spotify. And you can hear us on our original SoundCloud. Now, on SoundCloud, it's on the lighter side of baseball, on Apple and Spotify. It's just the lighter side of baseball. Hit that little magnifying glass, hit those words, subscribe, and you've got me in your house for the rest of whenever. Now, on my last podcast, number six, I talked about Al Weiss. This is podcast number seven, and there's only one number seven that matters in baseball, and that is none other than the Mick. Mickey Mantle, Commerce, Oklahoma, what a guy, what a player, maybe would have been the all-time greatest player ever, but he had some bad wheels, had a few bad personal habits, 
and mostly uh, couldn't say no to uh, Whitey Ford and Billy Martin going out and partying. But be that as it may, they still managed to uh, have great Yankee teams, put up great numbers, and Mickey was Mickey. You know, when you say the Mick, there's only one guy, not Mickey Rivers. And uh, I can't think of any other Mickeys. I just one of the funny things, and I'll talk with Craig a little bit about this, is that they are rerunning all sorts of stuff on MLB Network. If you're a baseball junkie, uh, you can go to uh, their TV, MLB Network, and watch on TV as they replay. God only knows some old-time great games, and one of them was that 1978 Bucky Dent game where Bunky, Bucky broke the heart of the uh, uh, Red Sox when he hit that one of his few home runs. But be that as it may, Mickey Rivers was in that game, and that's why I remember Mickey. Now there's Mickey Tettleton. Uh, there's probably some other Mickeys that I'll think about, and th- Mickey Stanley. Uh, I'll just throw out Mickeys today. This will be episode number seven will be our, we'll slip you a Mickey here and there. How's that? Yes, sir, Bob. Trying to keep it light. Got to be entertaining. Uh, there's uh, plenty of good news somewhere, and um, we're going to try to keep it light with Craig when, uh, when we get together with him in just a few minutes for segment two. So in the meantime, let's see. Major League Baseball has kind of put off starting spring training now until probably the middle of May. That means the season won't start until Memorial Day. And that's only if things go well. If we find a, some sort of a virus cure, vaccine cure, some sort of a prophylactic cure, and uh, you know we're talking about medical prophylactic cures, such as some kind of medicine that can fight off the uh, coronavirus um, RNA, not to be confused with DNA. Now, my wife's a biology major. I'm not. But I know that RNA is uh, different from DNA, and apparently the RNA is a big deal in fighting coronavirus. So we're not going to get medical because I can barely get legal, and I spent 45 years being a trial lawyer, went to law school, and uh, actually tried to pay attention. So there you have that. Anyway, uh, when Craig gets on, we'll see how things are going in his life. And uh, as I said, Craig... Uh, does the pregame and postgame show for the Milwaukee Brewers. He also fills in from time to time doing play-by-play for the Milwaukee Brewers, and I think he's great. He was Dave Nelson's partner, my old buddy Nelly, uh, and so Craig and I have lots of stories that we shared last year about Nelly. Probably uh, try to limit those stories as the years go by, but uh, nonetheless, we'll talk to Craig about that. Uh, we'll talk to Craig about the Milwaukee Bucks because Craig is also the pregame and postgame host of those first place Milwaukee Bucks who were probably, they obviously were going to win their division. They were going to probably win the uh, conference that they're in. I guess that's the East. Shows how much I know about the NBA. And uh, they probably go all the way um, to winning the NBA title. Who knows? Um, and frankly, I don't care, but because Craig's a friend, I care about that. So in a few minutes, we will be, uh, getting together with our old buddy Craig and, uh, we'll talk a little bit of, uh, uh, 
current events. I'm sure things are exciting in Wisconsin, and uh, we're about to find out. So if you'll just hold on, let me take a, a few minute break, get a drink of water, and, uh, and then we'll go from there. In the meantime, yesterday, while I was meeting with my uh, new, I think I'm, I think I can safely say he's going to sponsor the show. Uh, once we get through all these tough times for small restaurateurs, of which Mr. Euro and Papa Kino are going to meet and have Euros and pizza, my friend Chris is as good as it gets as a small restaurateur, and uh, there's nothing small about his chain of restaurants. And, uh, in fact, we went over there yesterday, met with Chris, and I left with a couple of wonderful Mr. Euro Turk, uh, chicken pita sandwiches. Mm, mm, mm. They were good. And I know that Papakino's Pizza is even to be greater. And we're, you know, we spent an hour or two together. Social distance, I'm sure, was preserved. And uh, we're going to cut a deal. I just don't know how much money I'm going to have to pay him to be my sponsor. But his uh, products are good. And I am optimistic that when this coronavirus global pandemic ends, uh, Chris will be back in business uh, in both loca- both his four locations with Mr. Euros and Papakinos. And so uh, I know these are tough times for uh, folks that are in the restaurant business and the hosting business and really everybody, whether you're, you know, an engineer or a, uh, a business holder of a, anything. Everybody's struggling and uh, it's hopefully gets better soon. So anyway, that's that's it for uh, that particular plug. Um, I don't think I'm looking through the list. You know, like I always listen to uh, these guys and the uh, uh, they go through, like Bob Euchre goes through 20 commercials per inning, looking through all of his, you know, using your sausage and Miller beer and all that stuff. I don't have anything, but I do have my good buddy, and I know we're going to work out a deal soon. And uh, in the meantime, I'll just keep acting like he's my sponsor and urging everybody to go there uh, because this audience is growing by leaps and bounds. So that's it for the first segment. We'll be back in just a second. Don't go away because I know that uh, Craig will be on the phone uh, when we get together next. Thanks for listening. Have a great afternoon. And don't go away. And we are back on the lighter side of baseball. And I do believe, uh, as technologically sound as my crew is, I do have Craig Kashan on the uh, on the phone and ready to be the first remote uh, co-host. There, I promoted you. Co-host of On the Lighter Side of Baseball. How are you doing, Craig? I'm doing well, man. It's great to be aboard with you here today. And... Uh and uh, venture out into some new things and uh, and continue to talk sports, man. It's been a while. It's been a, quite a stretch, hasn't it? It has, and I'm looking at my computer, and everything seems to be working, which kind of scares me right now. That scares me, too, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, last week, I on Sunday, I decided that I'd 
try to do a weekly podcast if anybody listens just to kind of entertain some people. And uh, so last week, you know, kind of summarize where the, the, the country was with respect to the growing coronavirus. It's certainly no better, but um, I, I mentioned in the first segment everywhere that Kay and I have been in the last three weeks, they've shut the state down to uh, uh, most activities, including California, Illinois, and now Overland Park, Kansas. How's things where you are? Well, I think uh, as we talk today, um, I think the state of Wisconsin is probably not too far off from doing that. I know there's been, uh, you know, some some whispers of that happening, too. And and, uh, you know, I, I think from where this is going next, uh, I think, you know, for the most part in the last week and a half, almost two weeks now, I think um everybody collectively has really done a tremendous job of, of, you know, almost, um, you know, saying, yeah, I agree to, you know, stay inside and, and not go out and, uh, you know, keep my family together and, you know, kind of figure out, uh, a new way of life here for a little while and, and hopefully it's going to pay off in the end. So honestly, I, I think, um, it's pretty remarkable, that no matter where you're calling from, whether it's Kansas City or Chicago, or if you're in the Carolinas, if you know you're in Florida, you're in California, you're anywhere else in the world right now. No matter who you are, if you're a big movie star, if you're an athlete, if you're a broadcaster, if you're a construction worker, um, if you're a businessman, a banker, a nurse, a doctor, doesn't matter who you are. Everybody right now is in the same boat and nobody's life, I don't think, is really any different than anybody else's, which is uh, incredibly unique if you look at it from that perspective. Yeah. You know, that list you ran off didn't include retired lawyers on Social Security. You know, you talked about <laughs> you talked about athlete. I'm going, no, it's not me. And you talked about famous people. I go, no, broadcaster, <laughs> that's you. And... Uh, and so, anyway, I, I won't take that uh, uh, as any personal affront, but uh, I thought I, I didn't want I didn't <laughs> want to put you up on a pedestal or anything like that. Yeah, I've never been, never anymore. will be. <laughs> no, I talked to my son today. There, uh, they were in Florida actually, and they um, decided that they needed to quarantine in place. So I said, "Yeah, I'm going to talk with Craig. We're going to do a podcast." And he says, "Well, I figured you'd do one every day." And I go, "Well." You know that may it may come to this if I get so uh, so uh, excited with being home, I may just do a podcast every day. But I think you know that might dilute my crowd, my my listening audience. <laughs> well, uh, I'm telling you right now, one of the things that you know with the elimination of sports for this long period of time, I I really don't. I've, I've been a guest on uh, a couple of sports talk shows since you know sports went down. But, I mean, it's like a 10- or 15-minute call to talk about, you know, not even sports topic stuff. And and I told every guy that I've been on a show, I said, I don't know how you guys sit here for two or three or four hours every single day with with really nothing sports-wise to talk about. Because you certainly don't want to put yourself in a position where you think you're an authority on something that, that you're not either with everything going on in the world right now. But I guess everybody figures it out and, uh, you know... Like you and I are talking uh, now, everything is uh, a, a lot more personable uh, maybe than it has been in the past, too. And, you know, there's maybe some good family stories uh, to develop and, 
and to share as well as we go on. Hopefully that's going to be the case anyway. Yeah, I think, um, you know, <clears throat> in responding to what you just said, I take issue with most of MLB TV uh, guys, you know, and I we can go on and on and on, and it's probably not a time to be critical of certain people, but on the radio side of MLB Network, there's a, they, their programming goes on, and it's original programming for the most part, as opposed to TV, which shows all sorts of old-time movie baseball stuff, which I love. And uh, I was listening. I had to go pick up my golf clubs, and I went and picked up my golf clubs, and I just caught a short amount of, of MLB Network on the radio. And I thought to myself, you know, all these guys do, other than, you know, report any injury or, or, or a score from time to time, they pontificate and hypothesize without really any foundation to do that. They don't really do much reporting. They just, they're, they're still doing it. So even though it's hard to kill 15 minutes, these guys kill three hours every day, every week, all year. And really, um, I'm, I'm impressed by how they can go on. And people say the same thing about if they listen to my podcast, they go, how do you keep talking for so long? And I go, you know, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> well, I mean, you you have that gift, Jamie. Everybody knows that. <laughs> I'm That's not sure about the gift, but <laughs> but I'll tell you the other thing I've got, Craig, and I said this, I you know, um, before on on uh, I think last week's podcast, and I'm blessed with my memory kind of diminishing, and so I can watch some of this stuff and have no idea how it came out, except for Game Seven of the 2016 World Series. I know how that ended. But exactly. I was telling somebody I watched the Players Championship rerun on TV last week cuz I I'm in Chicago and uh Kay was out with the grandkids and uh I'm not tattling on Kay for not sheltering in place but I had to google on Sunday afternoon to remember to remind myself who won the friggin' tournament. That's <laughs> something. Well, it was great. you know, I I haven't reached the point yet where I'm watching classics, uh, although I am helping prepare our network to get some classics up and rolling, Brewers classics in oh, particular yeah. right now. Uh, That's got to be fun. Well, it, what, it the, the fun part about it so far has been, you know, the research of it, because surely, you know, I, I, I got my first email when this um, – when this idea started getting the classics up and rolling, I mean, it seems obvious to everybody that, yeah, well, just re-air some great games. Well, who's going to find the great games? Right. Who's in charge of finding the great games? And are you going to make sure that the, some of the great games didn't get lost in, in one person's decision? So we're trying to do this collectively. And it was, um, and to me right now, it, it has been uh, more fun in reminiscing on, looking up some of these um, games, some of these classic games, and, and you, you Google and search, and really it becomes a bunch of other people's or writers or, or sports fans' opinions that, you know, have hit the Internet, you know. And when we first got our, our chain of, uh, of emails going, it was, hey, you know, think of your top ten Brewers uh, all-time games, the classics. And my first reply back from 2019 or all time because yeah. the Brewers are entering their 50th year. No kidding. The reply back was 
all time. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, and, and we want and we want your list by tomorrow morning. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, I went right at it, spent two or three hours. And, um, you know, obviously, the first thing I did is just try to come up with some games that I remember most, you know, growing up and working for the Brewers when I was young and, and then over the last 20 years and stuff. So some of these games popped up and then, and then others, they were, they were just fun to research because it came down to, you know, whose opinion has the word sure. classic in it and stuff. And, um, and so that to me turned out uh, so far to be, be the fun part about this. And, and I think once we get up and rolling and we don't have to do the research anymore on stuff, you know, I'll watch some of these games, but I honestly haven't reached that point yet to, to dive into the, I haven't turned TV on for sports, um, yet. So you're lucky. I I don't think that'll continue, but who knows? Well, I think that everybody would have a different opinion of the top 20 games in, uh, uh, Brewers history and then oh, the top sure. 20 games in Milwaukee baseball history. You know, you incorporate the Braves, uh, you incorporate Hank on both teams and Hank coming back. I mean, right. how much better does it get? You've got the, uh, uh, I tell you what, I do watch once in a while um, some old baseball things because I'm just a junkie and I've. And this has a Milwaukee connection. So for all you listeners in Milwaukee, which there may be none, maybe Brian Ward. Shout out to Brian Ward. I hope you're doing okay, buddy. Um, no kidding. No kidding. The uh, I turn on and I'm watching ESPN has their top 20 games. And, and one of them is Mark Gidrich or Mark Fidrich. <laughs> Gidrich. Who the yeah. hell's Gail Goodrich, but Mark <laughs> Fidrich. Uh, Beating the Yankees when Billy Martin had, I think, told Lou Pinella that if or somebody that if he beats us, I'll eat my shoe or my hat or some part of his uniform. And of course, <laughs> Fidrich wins, and that's all fine and good. And and they keep showing that Fidrich thing because of his tragic ending to his life. But yeah. again, getting back to what I thought was great and what I'm a proponent of to this day is national games in the playoffs being anchored by local uh, uh, broadcasters with their team because, and this wasn't that, this is a crossover, uh, but it was Euchre doing that game. And oh my God. Yeah. You know, any any game. It doesn't matter whether it's the Brewers or the the Tigers versus the Yankees. He's the same. He was solid. Yeah. He's, he's, he's really amazing. And, and I, I remember his, you know, one of the reasons I'm sitting here talking to you today is because, you know, when I was a kid, you know, listening to him on the radio growing up and, um, just where his, his stardom nationally taken off when I was, when I was young and influenced enough to, to attempt to get into this business. Um, and you think of everything that he has, you know, weathered, um, whether it's, you know, success and, and some failure and health issues or whatever it is, you know, I just saw him uh, at spring training a couple of weeks ago and he looks great. He, he turned 86 in January Wow! And, and he hasn't been traveling during the regular season for the last two years. And I thought last year in particular, his, he calls all the home games, his home game calls were as strong as they've been in in several years, um, and he's spot on 
Um, it's just, uh, it's just remarkable. Uh, it's been a treat, uh, spectacular for Brewer fans to. Yeah. And th- this game that I thought I'm a lo- lot of people, th- it, it, it's not just the watching the games or listening to the games. It, it's who's a part of it. And he's been a part of it so, so long that, you know, this is, these are some of the things you miss more than, than the actual guys playing the game themselves is the enjoyment of the broadcast. Yeah. I mean, if you're just visiting Milwaukee or you pick up the national feed of the Brewers home game done by Euchre and they didn't know Euchre's history, he, he he sounds like a forty year old. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For and sure. Uh, you it's know, the whenever the game, and it's it's his it's his really. I don't even know if you want to call it a second family. It's really his first family, his franchise, and it always has been. Think about every every person that ever played uh, and put on a brewery uniform. Um, he knows he's he's yeah. called their game. Uh, it's been it's remarkable, remarkable. Well. I told you, and I've said before that you know I'm an autograph nut, and I had a bat. And he was in a, a tournament. Doug Davis, an old brewer, had yeah. a golf tournament in uh, Scottsdale, and Euchre and lots of other guys were down there. And it rained out after the first nine, and I had a a bat that I asked Bob to autograph, and he takes a bat and he says, "Hey, wait a minute, it's all wet." He, he He's gone for 10 minutes getting a towel out of the pro shop, comes back with the bat, and then autographs it. Now, Isn't that amazing? Who, else would, who else would do that? Yeah. And then, as I've said, with with respect to our good friend Nelly, that uh, you know, I have a totally different um, feeling in my heart for Bob Euchre because of what he did when Dave was in hospice and how uh, fortunate Dave was to spend his last day or two uh, reminiscing and laughing with Bob, and I had uh, the uh, the pleasure uh, the next day to sit with uh, Bob over there and talk seriously about uh, life and and uh, you know some of his problems and uh, just what a good guy. I mean, he's yeah. and I, I guarantee there there are, what millions of people that anybody that he's touched loves. Now, how many people can you say that about? Well, I mean, it's it's I mean besides you and me. It, it's it's truly amazing. It really is. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you, you think of all the players that have come through in 50 years for a franchise, and, and he's called every one of their games. That's and, amazing. Uh, you know, uh, and then the national games that he's done, and then the exposure he had to the TV shows, all the movies, all the Miller Lite commercials. Yeah, he's, know, he's uh, a highlight reel it, by himself. Boy, you're not kidding, man. You yeah, that, in fact, kidding. if I had to pick the top 20... Brewers games, they, they it would be a number one would be a montage of Bob Euchre. How <laughs> With great! Big calls, how great right? would that be? Hey, you that mentioned you mentioned seeing him in uh, in spring training in Maryvale or wherever the heck the Brewers hide away for spring training. You also were there uh, at the time that Major League Baseball shut it down. Tell us about that. Well, I'll tell you, man, it was. Um... You know, you, you felt it coming because uh, the the night before is when the NBA uh, shut it down. And that was a stunner because, you know, half of my job is working Major League Baseball games for the Brewers and the other half is working NBA games for the Bucks. Go and the, the NBA uh, shutdown was first. 
And then you just got the sense that um, it had to happen with every other active league that this was going to, they were going to shut down. Um, but I'm telling you when that, when that day came, we, we came in, um, it was a Thursday morning, you know, about nine o'clock showed up at the complex and, and we, you know, it was like a 50, 50 shot that day that maybe they'd announced that, you know, they delay the start of the season, or maybe they decide if they did that, they'd stay at spring training for those two weeks, keep the players there and, you know, eliminate any fans coming through all the spring training complexes. There are a lot of scenarios that to this moment sound wonderful as an alternative uh, versus canceling anything, but it was just inevitable as almost every 15 minutes passed, you just got um, um, inside knowledge that they were getting closer. Uh, you talked to a player or two. You, we waited to talk to correct counsel for a little uh, longer than normal, and um, and they they did not paint a, a good picture at all about um, things happening on time, like they should should be going on March 26th. And right. you know they had no idea. I think that I think the what became crystal clear is they had no idea how long this was going to go. Uh, they and, still don't. And they still don't. And and so that day, <clears throat> I hung around for a couple hours afterwards, you know, with some with some people within the organization. And um, when I left, uh, I walked out of the building, and, you know, there were a lot of, there are hundreds of Brewer fans milling around because they showed up for a game that day. And I'm telling you, um, most of them had no idea that, this, the rest of spring training was canceled and just to see the look on their face, the disappointment, a lot of people had just gotten there. Yeah. They, you know, they saved, uh, they saved their, their yearly, um, expenditures to, to go to spring training. You know, a lot of fans do across baseball and it, uh, to see that disappointment. Um, and I took, I, before I got to the car, I, I, I took a picture, big wide shot of the complex and, couldn't believe that uh, this was going to be it for for the unforeseeable future. That there wasn't going to be any baseball here for a while or any sports in general. So, um, I've always said this, Jamie, and, and you know this. Um, I've, I've been in uh, sports business for 32 years now, and gone through strike shortened years, strike years, you know, discontinued labor agreements, whatever they were, um, you know, 9/11. Um, and, and recessions, a couple of recessions, obviously, during that stretch. And sports always, always, always weathered the storm and was always something for people to go to no matter what. And to not have this going on right now for everybody is, is probably the, you know, the biggest hole in my heart because – it's just uh, it's just a, a, a fragile time right now that that we don't have a go to that. But but we are hanging on families. And that's I think ultimately in the end, there's going to be something really significantly positive about that. But, you know, we all need an outlet right now. And, right. and uh, this is just the beginning. Well, and that's why on the lighter side of baseball, sometimes. My friends say, "Hey, you know, you're on the heavier side of baseball, and you know, right now there, there's just not a lot going on that's that uh, gives anybody pause for for celebration. But you know, I think that it's just a matter of time before uh, some medical 
uh, turning point is reached. And so I think that'll be good. And, um, you know, it, it just is strange when they canceled uh, the Big 12 tournament, the Final Four, the March Madness, the Masters, on and on and on. One kept going. And um, even the PGA tried to tried to stick their head in the sand for a day or two, and and uh, uh, that didn't work. So, you know, I, it, it just nobody knows. I mean, will it start in May or June? And to come up with some of these scenarios is fun to talk about. Whether they'll have double headers or daytime World Series in November, it's just a bunch of you know. It it, it I guess it passes the time, but. Um, you know, we're all, if, if we just sit back and twiddle our thumbs, that's really boring. So it's more fun to uh, at least talk a little bit of baseball. I did happen to see two games in, in uh, spring training, and I was able to be irate at a, you know, that's just my personality. I take I'm way too serious about it. I was watching... Not to digress, but I always digress on this show. <laughs> uh, I was watching <clears throat> the new Cubs network, the Marquee Network, which, by the way, hired Mark Grace. I don't know what he's going to do, but I guess he's going to be maybe like, um, you know, floating here and there and then doing some of the post-game, pre-game. I don't know. But anyway, the Marquee Network, you know, they, they, they teamed with the Cubs to be the only – uh, provider of baseball, other than maybe uh, you know the MLB contracts with ESPN, etc. But anyway, they're stuck with a new network and nothing to do. So they showed last Wednesday. They started. They're going to show every playoff game uh, in 2016. So I'm sitting there watching. It was Game Two of the NLDS against the Giants. And I'm like getting pissed about Cubs not producing and umpires making bad calls. And it's like, dude, the game's in the books like for three years. Relax. My wife's going, you're insane. And I'm going, God. She goes, what's the matter? I don't understand why the hell they couldn't advance the guy. I mean, it's like, dude, get over it. And that's, I guess that's maybe good that uh, I, can, I can do that. But uh, going back to spring training, God bless the frigging umpires strike zone. It was a four-hour game. Yeah, I that that I didn't get for spring training. I'm oh. like, it's kind of been that way the last couple of years. Like, what are you guys doing here? Yeah, why even have an ump? Just have, you know, here, I'm going to throw you ten pitches, try to hit one. It's like, this was maddening. Four hours and 23 minutes, the uh, Rockies against the D-backs, I guess. Yeah, because I yeah, watched... Got some good pictures of Nolan Arenado. That was kind of fun, you know, from the stands. And yeah. uh, looked around at Sloan Park, took some pictures of the ballpark there. You know, um, at least early in spring training, and I know they'll be spring training again someday, whether it's this year or next. But, you know, you don't have to. This, oh, tickets are tough to come by. They're not. Go out and sit in the grass, have a beer, and... Uh, you know, you got to work, but I go out there and I just kind of lounge around and and uh, have a good time. I mean, it is, it is fun, but it's not like Florida used to be, in my opinion. Well, you know, I haven't been, gosh, I haven't been to a, a Florida spring training in eons, and of course, I'm in Arizona all the time. Um, I'll, I'll take the uh, I'll take the dry 
Oh, heat. <laughs> no <laughs> long bus rides. <laughs> so that that's my biggest difference right there. But yeah, wow. you're right. I mean, my, if I if I'm a fan, and and I would I would you know once everything returns to normal, you know, a year from now, and people have a chance to you know, to regain their spring trainings and stuff. I, I think that's, you know, for a sports fan, it's one of the, the ultimate things to do is to, is to go down there and, and never get discouraged. Like you said about our tickets available or not, because the best ticket is the one that you own that you can walk around with. And, uh, you know, uh, you're dating yourself, watching. dude. It's all digital yeah, I mean, now. You can't walk around with Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I hate digital but and, it's uh oh my it, it's, God. it is uh it is good stuff though it is uh, something good. that i would highly recommend for sure and and i like i like it because it's it's laid back and the players know that you know and the, the pictures and the autographs and all that Let, yeah. let's just hope that we get back to an era where um it's okay for a fan to hand a player a ball and a pen right or a picture and a pen <laughs> and and there's uh, that that's the thing that i fear uh, most, I mean, what what's what's always the history of every sport is getting autographs and getting some pictures and, right. and having that interaction with players. I, I don't know what they're going to do to set the rules straight on that. I don't either. But, Hopefully, it'll go back yeah. to the way it was. And, yeah. and speaking of the uh, and my reference to Florida and the way it was, I can remember, and I loved Florida back in the day before they built Arizona like spring training complexes in Florida. But I used to go to Payne Park because Nellie was a coach with the White Sox. So, and Nellie and I had a sports agency business where it called Pro Sports Inc., which went the way of the Buffalo. But, um, you know, Jack McKegney Stadium in, uh, down near Sarasota, and then you had Payne Park in Sarasota. And I'd go out early, and I'd always have, like, a rental car, and I'd park it out in left field. And I can remember one time... Uh, Nelly comes over to the screen and he goes, Hey, uh, Jamie, did you see uh, that, that batting practice home run? And I go, Not really watching BP quite yet, Nelly, unless it's one of the guys we represent. And he goes, Well, I think Kittle just put a ball through your window. And sure, <laughs> and he did. Kit, Ron Kittle, who was a great hitter back in, in his day, and uh, not one of these, you know, uh, guys that the organization nurtured through because he wasn't a prospect when they signed him. Kittle was strong, and, man, he drilled one over the left field wall at Payne Park, which was a small fence, right through my freaking windshield. God, that was funny. Yeah. There's, that was there's good. a few stories of that, I think, at a lot of complexes. And you, you have to know, though, after all of your Little League experience, yeah. where to park a car, man. You, you, <laughs> you would have thought that I'd know that, but that – uh, that's another funny story, and I have funny stories that seem to happen to me. But again, with uh, I'm trying to think who the uh, shortstop. Oh, Eddie Brinkman. So Nellie and I are we're going to dinner, going to do something, and, and I think back even back then those guys were staying. Um, this shows how long ago they were staying in a motel together, and I pick up Nellie, and somehow. I locked the rental car keys in the trunk, and Eddie Brinkman comes out and just couldn't stop laughing. I think the guy was on the ground laughing. I'm not sure how we ever got the keys, but you know that's another that's another story. Good times with with our old good friend uh, Nelly. So 
He's the best, man. Yeah. I, uh, okay, I, I want to share a real quick Nelly story with you because please, this please is uh, this was the um, the tail end of that last day at uh, spring training when when things got canceled. I, I told you about what that game, what that day was like, what that morning was like, and uh, this is no lie. I came out of the building and was ready to leave, and there was uh, oh, a guy maybe in his twenties. It looked like they were there. He was there with uh, um, maybe his mom brought her down to spring training. And he says, hey, Craig. And I turned around and and he says, I'm so-and-so. I'm, I used to be a good friend of uh, Davies. And I said, you're kidding. So we struck up a conversation and he, you know, he told me good stories about, uh, you know, back in the day in Milwaukee that, uh, you know, Nelly became friends with everybody, as we as we know. Uh, everybody mean. knows his storyline, <laughs> but it's just you know, uh, for people like like this kid, I'll call him a kid because he's in his twenties. Yeah. To say you know that guy was the most genuine guy I ever knew in my life. He you know he he'd I'd see him at the ballpark and he'd say, "Hey, uh, why don't you meet me out for dinner after the game? It was a day game or something." And he said. He'd go out to dinner with them all the time. Yeah. And it's just it just one of those things that, you know, for the moment it was it was um, kind of ironic that things were done and it's hard to say that, but things are gonna be done for a while. But yet, you know, the very first person you see is a is an old friend of Nelly's. So um, that that at least brightened my day for for a little while anyway on that that uh, cancellation day. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, God love old Nelly. He that's exactly how he was. And you know, all you had to do was look at the goofy wide ver- uh, variety of baseballs that he left behind that were autographed by God only knows just a strange collection from from astronauts to. Uh, to all these the interesting balls, and I think we've talked about it, but there are about seven or eight balls that, you know, like uh, a ball from Kurt Flood. David, thanks a lot for everything you've done for me. You've been a good friend. I'll always remember uh, blah, 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 Kurt Flood, or Al Kaline, or Brooks Robinson. I mean, these were the, these were the studs of, of the day. Back in the day when you didn't need a last name, you know, you were Brooksy. Or you, you know, you were Flood, or you were Mick, or you were Ted. I mean, uh, nowadays it's just such a different ball game. Oh but, yeah, but we yeah. love Dave. And boy, you think of the Hall of Famers uh, that uh, that he knew and uh, he frequented with, and they were all good friends. And the the stories, and uh, you know, long for the days of those to hear all those again. I know, right. I know. I um, after. Uh, and we mentioned on the uh, couple podcasts ago the passing of his son at such an early age. And uh, as a result, I was in pretty constant contact with some relatives and ended up, he had two, two favorites. And uh, one was Melina, his niece, and the other was Brian, one of his nephews. So I packed up the, the uh, you know, with David gone, I packed up the scrapbooks and a couple uh, uh Nelson uniforms and uh, sent them on, and they called, and they couldn't have been more appreciative to be able to share with their kids the history. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Great to pass it on. Great to pass it on. Uh, you know, and uh, 
and they deserve to know. I mean, the, the scrapbooks were so cool to me. And, uh, you know, he's just, um, that's just like with you. I mean, he was, he was a constant in your life for a long time. And it's like, okay. And so I'll admit uh, the days are further and further apart that I reflect on old Nellie. But uh, uh, my grandkids uh, had to write something in school, and uh, half of it was talking about Dave. And, um, you know, my grandson wears that little Nelly patch from, that the Brewers put out, on his, had it sewn on his Little League uniform. So uh, That's great. He made that impression on uh, virtually everybody. So. God well, I'll tell you what, I've got that same logo that they uh, that they had gave pins out for. Um, yeah. Well, they didn't give them out. I think they actually uh, 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 used those pins for sales to uh, for the orphanage open arms. Right. But uh, I've got my pin that uh, I've got on the that I pinned to the outside of my backpack that you know. I, I still work with every day, and uh, so I see that every day. It's a constant reminder, and, and uh, that's that's the great thing about that is that's that's one guy you want a constant reminder of, and that's that's what I miss right now. You know, this was supposed to be opening week coming up here. I know we were supposed to. We were, uh, I've got on my calendar, school. man. April twenty yeah. seventh, uh, I believe, is an off day. I was going to go to Milwaukee for the for the Saturday uh, game with the Cubs. Yeah. Just yeah, like would, uh, have been, uh, would have been big to have uh, have all that happen, and uh, you know our stage sets uh, named after after Nelly's Nelly's Corner, and right. um, you know it's uh, those are the things you miss without uh, without this all going on right now and conversations with him. Now, can you imagine uh, all the talk you'd have with uh, with Nelly right now with with this downtime? Yeah, <laughs> you, you dear. <laughs> More than just baseball stories, and that's that's that was a great thing about him. Oh, absolutely, and um, you know, just think if this thing had started in November, where where free agency would have gone? Probably nowhere. Probably in the tank. Well, you got to wonder. Although it's not hurting the NFL right now, is it? No, it, it's kind of funny that that they're doing that, but I guess um, they need to do that in preparation for the thought that they might they might open. Um, well, they, they do. And, you know, here's the thing. They, I mean, they're not playing games right now and, and, but you know, neither are any of the other leagues and the other leagues are still, you know, operating as best as they can. And, and I, I told this to some people the other day, I said, you know, we all want to get sports going as soon as possible. And we're, we're not going to know what, uh, Major League Baseball or the NBA or NHL or, or Major League Soccer is going to do here in the in the coming weeks or, or months to continue on and, and get their seasons going. But let us all hope that by the end of August, beginning September, that college football and the NFL um, will have the room to prep for their seasons to begin on time because I don't care what's going on. We all need to have sports back in our lives. Obviously, we need to keep everybody safe first and make sure we're all around to enjoy it. But um, that that they need to keep operating. The NFL does to, you know, to be ready. And um, 
and we don't want to we don't want to delay things any further. That's for sure. We don't want another league to have to delay. I mean, I'm sure the Olympics are are you know feeling the heat right now. And, and they should. Um, they, they they should. But um, yeah. I think the most important thing I've heard is being being a, at least selfishly being around to enjoy it. You, you, that's well, for so sure. if if they I mean, start on time, I think that that shows that that uh, there's been a major medical breakthrough, which we can only uh, hope and pray that that happens. I'm going to uh, pause for just a minute. Don't go anywhere. And then we'll come back and wrap this up on segment three. We're visiting with Craig Kashan today, the voice of the Milwaukee Brewers on numerous occasions when he does the play-by-play. He is their pregame, postgame guy. He's a good friend of mine. And uh, he also does the pregame and postgame for the League leading probably would have been the NBA champions and may still be Milwaukee Bucks. And he was scouting around for a little work during the Democratic Convention, which is supposed to come to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So uh, we'll see if that happens. But we will be back with the final segment in just a minute. You're listening to On the Lighter Side of Baseball with Jamie Uretsky and Craig Kashan. And hold on, don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the lighter side of baseball. And again, a rare opportunity to have a live co-host. This is like I'm, I'm incredibly excited to have Craig Kishon with me to wrap up the uh, final segment of On the Lighter Side of Baseball. And, I, you know, it's hard to come up with subjects that are light and you don't want to make too much of it. But um, in some... Uh, in, in trying to, uh, you know, we could talk about uh, books you've read, but you probably have read as many books as you've watched old-time sports shows. Talk about music you like, but really, who cares? Uh, food is a subject near and dear to me, and I was going to talk about, there's a book that's out of print by, maybe you know the guy, that he wrote a book called Eating My Way Through Baseball. Barry, I think it's Weinberg. Yeah. He was a trainer yeah. and a... Uh, unfortunately, a buddy of Tony LaRusso's, but he apparently has written this great book, and he's gone on lots of shows talking about his book and different towns and what to eat in every town, but uh, we're not going to talk about that until the next time. But I thought maybe I was laughing, thinking, like, who's probably in their own little silent way celebrating this stoppage in play and my mind immediately turned to the Houston Astros because yeah that, that's a good call right there probably there was a uh, some satirical cartoonist came out with a cartoon and it basically had an empty stadium major league baseball starting and the Astros going this is exactly the way I hoped it would be playing in front yeah. of nobody yeah, and you know what? It's probably going to – I mean, I, I don't know this for sure, but, you know, I've been thinking, you know, long and hard about this. When when um, baseball starts back up and if the NBA and, and the other leagues uh, can get back going to try to finish 
you know, whatever, whatever it is they started, whether they, you know, do playoffs or not, are there going to be people in the stands, um, yeah. you know, it, especially in the indoor places. Um, and, and you really got to wonder about that, but, uh, yeah, I, I would say that uh, the Astros organization is getting a, uh, a, a much needed, from their perspective, um, pause on things right now. And, and I, I would imagine that uh, when baseball gets back going up again, that that will be that scenario will become a much smaller story than it could have been if, if things were normal. I totally agree. And I'm. I'm not really making light or being insensitive towards the uh, uh, people who are suffering from this illness. And so in my warped way of thinking, I thought, well, the Astros are probably, you know, uh, nobody wants this to be going on. But if, you know, if they, if you could hypnotize them, I think they'd be going, well, you know, this isn't too bad. Another guy I thought got a good break was, um, uh, Chris Sale, who nobody wants to go under the knife, but um, if he's going to have Tommy John surgery and no season going on, that helps him. And uh, tell me about Yelich. Why did he do that deal? Well, I, you know, I think the big thing with him is, um, and, and I've said this a couple of times up here, if, if you look at a guy who's 28 years old, um, this is his second big contract that he's had. Um, and he's only 28 years old Amazing. and this will, cool. this will finish out. Yeah. I mean, this will take him to 36, 37 years old, this contract plus with deferred payments. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he will receive money from the brewers until he's close to 50 years old. Uh, how does it compare to trout money or Harper money? Or well, I, I think, I think there's one thing to look at grand totals and, and his grand total of what, what re- now remains on this new contract that will kick in here in a year or two um, will be $215 million reportedly. Um, and then you look at some of the other big numbers, you know, that, uh, that Trout uh, or Harper or Machado had you know, that exceeded 300. Right. Um, but they, they have longer years on their contract. So right. I think if you look at, these MVPs, these superstars, they're all averaging, they'll all be averaging in the 27 to $30 million a year range for quite a long time. I mean, it's, I mean, for all these guys, it'll probably take them through, you know, are they going to have another big contract again? Absolutely not. Are they going to be done playing baseball? Some of them will be, um, some may hang on, but, but this is, you know, if you just look on average, because Yelich's deal was was shorter than the other guys, so yeah. And don't um, get the impression I'm feeling sorry for the guy, because I no, mean, not at all. I know no, it's I totally pretty. Get it. It's got to be tough. Know, the, other, the other thing with him too that that the point I guess I, that I was trying to make is he he is never gone through arbitration. Um, he's never once um, had to had to negotiate a, a deal out of necessity, out of pressure. Um, at all. I mean, he was a first round draft pick that money slotted and, and he uh, was bought out for all his arbitration years on that first big deal he had with the Marlins. And, and now he's, he will never have to be a free agent. And so he's, he has played baseball and gotten better each year with having no pressure other than 
play ball. And, it, and I think it speaks volumes. There are certain guys who can't handle the pressure of having to uh, get paid somewhere along the way for their performance. He never has to worry about that. Right. And which and is I pretty rare. It is pretty rare. And for guys that, you know, are going to be a free agent at the, at the end of a, of a certain year, um, and they had turned down during the off season, say a, a two year extension with the club. Cause they thought they're going to be a free agent at the end of the, the upcoming year. And if they play well, they can get a three or a five year deal and they fail. Then they've got nothing. Then, then the pressure is on that player when he becomes a free agent that particular year to perform the whole year at a high level. And some guys can't handle that. He's never had to face that and never will have to face that. He's just playing ball. And when he plays ball, he's one of the most dangerous uh, hitters in baseball. Well, I've never met him, but he's, you know, from a fan standpoint, he seems like a really nice guy. He, he is as quality as it gets. Um, he's uh, soft-spoken and humble uh, and has a big caring side uh, to him as well and has no problem at all saying, hey, if Major, League, if Major League Baseball thinks it needs a face, I'll be the face. Yeah. If, if you want me to be, I'm not going to go way out of my way. But, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go places a lot of baseball players don't. He went to the NBA All-Star Weekend. Uh, in Chicago, uh, was part of the uh, slam dunk uh, uh, contest. Just participating, not as a not as a contestant, but uh, to be out there to help uh, the Bucks. Uh, Pat Connaughton, who was a contestant, uh, to do some some tricks. Just put his face out there. Shows up at uh, you know Bucks playoff games and uh, you know does beer chug challenges. Not well, but he was up for it. That was great. And, uh, and stuff like that, just just to say, hey, you know what? Um, baseball players can can get out and have fun at all these other venues as well, and you don't see a lot of guys doing that no. uh, out of the league. So hopefully, you know that'll that'll start some good things. Uh, yeah, and and uh, like I said, I didn't cry over his his contract compared to Trout, but um, I'm glad Trout got the deal and. Harper and Machado are a different story. And what about the Red Sox? They're probably benefiting, flying under the radar now. And uh, they unloaded a lot of guys. And uh, on the opposite side of that, a, a really good guy who uh, is the chairman of the board and the main guy with the White Sox, Jerry Reinsdorf, who always just is a loyal, good guy. And he agreed to pay all the uh, uh salaries for the Bulls employees that uh, were selling peanuts at the game and all that stuff. But on the other hand, Jerry beefed up his lineup, put a ton of money into his payroll, and now they're not playing. But I'm sure that I don't think anybody's going to cry over Jerry's uh, financial statement right now either. Well, you know, though, but that's that's a classic example of um, how many game plans are out there right now that, that aren't um, going to happen. I mean, yeah. I think I think you know. Even with our club, the Brewers, they they did some uh, unorthodox uh, putting together of their roster during the off season that we haven't seen here in a while. And uh, is it an experiment? To some people, it is, but it's a game plan to them, and it's definitely going to be altered and changed. I mean, you think about this too, Jamie. We were 
we were a month to five weeks uh, into spring training yeah. of a six or seven week spring training. We we're just about ready to go for this week. And, and everything will not pick up just because it says, Hey, we're going to, we're going to end this thing. Uh, people are going to co- start coming back together and we're going to get these leagues up and rolling. It's going to take a while to, to get pitchers, especially going again. So right. there, there's the loser end on that, on that route right there. There's, game plans that are going out the window and preparation has gone out the window as well, unfortunately for, for most pitchers in the league. Well, yeah. And I, the one thing you hear is that they'll expand the roster to, to, if they do start up, uh, well, to... they, and they should, in my opinion, I mean, I agree. you know what, they, they shouldn't have to wait, you know, a month in preparation to get your starting pitcher to a point where he's pitching in the you league, know, six you or know, seven innings, the you know, let him pitch just... three or four innings and bring somebody in right. after that, they got a 35 man roster and figure it out. Well, and I think the league would be smart to increase the size of the roster for the pitching and catching and to have a league wide uh, imposition of innings. Now, some people might not like that, but a lot of these guys are going to try to stretch it out too soon, too early, get hurt. And uh, to me, uh, it, I would have no problem uh, with a five-inning limit or a 50-pitch limit that, you know, baseball purists would go, give me a break. You know, they're smart enough to tell the trainer when to co- they want to come out. They're going to have to do some things, if, especially if they start up after Memorial Day and have a 100-game season, I think it's going to be incumbent on Manfred, who, you know, the jury's still out on, uh, and I don't expect you to say anything about Manfred, but, uh, you know, we'll just have to see. Like I said, it's all speculative at this point, because first things first, let's let's figure out how to beat this COVID-19. But uh, right. in the meantime... Um, I suspect that in another couple of weeks I'll be bugging you to do another one, and maybe we'll talk about the uh, Brewers' uh, roster moves, the roster changes, their opening day lineup, because we'll be hopefully closer to starting this up. Yeah, it'd be great. We could uh, we could banter a little bit about the uh, the division and um, and see where everybody stacks up. I I'm I'm excited for you know I'm, you know this is disappointing to everybody, but at some point it's going to get going again. And um, I'm excited for you know for the National League Central Division as how many years in a row have we been excited? It's it's competitive. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, hey, if you're going to play. You know, 19 games a year against each other. Uh, you, you might as well. You might as well play in a balanced division, and it's pretty balanced right now. So that that'll be fun. It'll be a lot of good things to talk about here. And you're right. I think they'll that many days closer to being uh, being close to saying what's going on. You know? I I do think they're going to keep the balance, whether it's nine games or 12 games. Even if they only play 100 games, I think they'd be well served to keep the divisional balance. I said a couple of weeks ago, the team that's going to win the Central Division in the National League is the team that has the best record against the Pirates. I, yeah, I, I think that's that. true. And yeah. No, I, it makes sense because you know what? In, in, it's just like we're, we're going through with the Milwaukee Bucks right now. I think in the last two years, they – I'm not sure about this number, but I don't think they've lost more than two division games in the last two years. And you're talking about – a like a 30 and one record in their own division. That's and what does it every. Yeah, absolutely. Win your division and, and uh, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta have a, a good winning record against the bad teams in your division. It's, it's, you totally you know, do. because, 
you're gonna you're gonna have a good good record against one of the good teams and a bad record against one of the good teams. So you got to take advantage. Well, I'll tell you what. People have told me that my podcasts are will cure insomnia, but not not this one. This has been fun. <laughs> You're, I don't know about that. You're we'll always back and see if either one of us are awake. Uh, you're always good to talk with. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, don't go away. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say goodbye to my uh, loyal listeners, and I'll get right back to you in a second. Okay, hold on. Sounds great. So for Craig and Jamie, uh, this is on the lighter side of baseball. We've had a good time. We've gone on and on talking about stuff we wanted to talk about. And uh, I'm sure that I'll catch some suggestions from some of you out there. In the meantime, pass it along to all your friends. Apple iTunes, On the Lighter Side of Baseball. Spotify, On the Lighter Side of Baseball. SoundCloud, pick it up and listen to it and spread it around. Because, you know, I thought last year's were great. This year, all I can say is there ain't nothing else to listen to. So give it a try. Jamie Resky, have a great day, and let's get this coronavirus under control. Later on. <laughs>